Good morning. It's Friday, October 18th, and this is The Morning Mix. I'm Christy Dilloway, joined by my co-host, Ryan Williams. Hey, Ryan. Hey, good morning. You enjoying the snow? <laughs> it's pretty. It's gorgeous. <laughs> Maybe it'll just be pretty and fleeting and then come back later. Come back later. Uh, welcome to The Morning Mix, where we always present live local music and events in the Wasatch. Back today on our show, our musical guest is Dana Williams. He's, you've probably known him for a long time as part of the Motherlode Canyon Band, and he's gone solo. So we'll hear some of his new work on the show today. We're also going to talk to comedian Michael Palasek. He is in town. He's, a, uh, he's been on The Late Show with Stephen Colbert, with The Late Late Show with James Corden. He's been on uh, Jay Leno. I want to hear some backstage he's stories. I want to hear yeah. the scoop about all that. Uh, we'll do weekend events, as we always do, at the bottom of the hour, give you a full rundown of what's going on this weekend in and around town. And then at 9.40, we'll talk to Walt Evans of the Musicians Showcase, which is happening tonight at DeJoria Center, and it's a monthly uh, like open mic kind of setting. So yeah, hear all about that. Great. So you got any plans yourself for the weekend yeah, that you can share on air? <laughs> <laughs> I think they're all pretty clean plans for the weekend. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I'm gonna try to get out and take some pictures of the snow with the changing leaves while they're still around. I know. God, it seemed like it popped yellow yeah. last week. Popped yellow and last then, week, and then it was yeah. quick. I was down south it, hiking the subway in Zion, so Ooh. I got to see a little more color right. as it's diminishing here. Yeah, it's UEA weekend. Well, it's not really anymore. We used to, the kids. You you grew up here. You used mm -hmm. to get off on. Uh, what, like a half day Wednesday and half Thursday Friday off, so everyone would go away this weekend down south. Yeah, it's a and uh, this year they just got Friday, they're off today. So, Bummer. and I think I don't, I think they call it fall break now. Maybe there's not even an educator conference, I don't know, but just a one day off. Anyway, if you're in town and you're listening to the show, we will be right back after this. Stay tuned. Our musical guest for the hour on The Morning Mix today is Dana Williams. Hey, Dana. Good morning. Thank you. So as I said, people know you as being part of the um, all-too-popular Motherlode Canyon Band who retired after 25 years. Is Correct. that right? Yeah. yeah. And so you just couldn't give it up, of course. And no, so that was almost a year ago. And uh -huh. um, uh, it's, been, it's been great because I just set up what used to be our kids' playroom became daddy's music room so there's a pa set up on you know 24 7 people come by and play and and um and then i just started writing lists of well what what do you know and what do you know that isn't wasn't motherload stuff and so i i've got about 180 songs that that i have and and it goes back and when i first started playing guitar i i um there was a great folk band in the 60s called the dillards and they used to travel with like the kingston trio and peter paul and mary and Doug Dillard was my first guitar teacher, and my, my dad was a musician. My older brothers both formally trained, and, and he's like, I'm going to give you the books, but don't open them because I want to teach you how to feel music. And so, and it, and it was kind of awesome because I could sit and learn, learn those things. So I was kind of influenced by that. It was also, you know, the height of psychedelia music, and so it was the dead and all those kind of things. And then at the same time, you know, going to places in L.A. Uh, like McCabe's Guitar Store and seeing Doc Watson and, and uh, some of the folkies of that era. So all of Taj Mahal, those things all influenced what I play. And it was like, you know, I love telling stories. And, and so I'm, gonna, I'm just going to start learning more songs to tell stories. And I'll be playing at night and, and my wife will go, was that song 12 minutes long? And it's like, well, there was kind of three and I just kept going because I, I had the well, tunes in my mind. Well, that's good too if you're doing a gig and you've got three hours to fill. A 12-minute yeah. song might help that out. Although the songwriter at Showcase, you have 20 minutes and then, and then, you, uh, and then at the end, um, everyone does a song or two together. Uh, but that's been super. Walt called and and asked if uh, you know if I'd come out. Uh, that's about probably five months ago, and I've started doing it. And and it's really that's neat. the event that happens tonight at the at De Jure Jure Center, or at and, uh, the State um, Road Tavern. And there's people from here, and there's people from Eastern Utah that come. There's a you know a county commissioner from Duchesne and his wife that get up and and do songs. So. Um, and then I, I did a couple of uh, Boneyard shows this summer and a couple other uh, solo things. And then I did kind of a Dana and Friends night and, and um, had some, some folks from Moki and, and Motherload and a few others. And we just mixed a band and put it, put it together for one evening. So it's been fun. 
So you're having a good time. Having a great time. I will say that um, that here are the books. Your guitar teacher saying here are the books, but don't open them. Gave me a flashback to Dead Poets Society. Robin Williams is like, <laughs> mm-hmm. rip out those chapters. Correct. Exactly. <laughs> Very um, counter counterculture there, or counter uh, counter the system. Yep. All right. Well, do you want to play us a song oh, sure. right now? Let's start us out and we can hear what you've been up to. What song are you going to play? So this is uh, this is an old uh, Taj Mahal song, and um, and actually when I first heard it, I thought it was a, a beautiful song, and then um, and then I realized that it was also on the Monkees' first album, which I was kind of shocked. But uh, it goes something like this. Though you played at love and lost and sorrows turned your heart to frost, I will mend your heart again. Remember the feeling as a child when you woke up and moaned and smiled. It's time, it's time, it's time you felt like that again. Well, there's just no percentage in remembering the past. It's time you learn to live again and love at last Come with me and leave your yesterdays, those yesterdays behind And take a giant step outside your mind You stare at me in disbelief and say for you there's no relief But I swear no harm. Well, don't sit up in your lonely room just looking back beside a gloom, cause I can tell it's not where you belong. Well, come with me, I'll take you where the taste of life's so green. And every day, every day, oh my, I just got those wonders to the sea. me and leave your yesterdays or yesterdays behind. Take a giant step outside your mind. So green, and every day, every day, just got those wonders to be seen. Come with me and leave your yesterdays or yesterdays behind. Take a giant step outside your mind. I'm Lisa Lundquist, Senior Loan Officer at Veritas Funding, supporting KPCW's TED Talk Radio, providing individual focus from finding your dream home to remodeling your existing home or helping with your first home purchase. Veritas Funding, loving, living, lending the Park City lifestyle, located at 311 Main Street or 659-1390. All right, and if you're awake this morning, we saw something new on the ground today. So we have snow today. Followed by clear skies tonight. Tomorrow, it's more sunny and rain, um, kind of like Park sunny City. Sunny and rain. It's Park City weather. Okay. Sun, rain, snow, everything all in one hour. I don't want to choose. I don't like to make commitments. <laughs> right on. And then Saturday night, we're back into the snow. Sunday, we see snow as well. Huh. So we got a lot of snow on the register. So if you haven't pulled the last of your um, potted plants in... Well, the snow is not really the problem. It's the frost. It's uh, But it's time. It's well, time to give up. This is always the time of year where I'm like, I want to just hold on to that last vestige of it's going to be warm and nice out. But Bring the o- oxygen inside. And, oh, yeah. okay. There you go. That's there a good reason to do it. Well, our guest today um, on The Morning Mix is Michael Palasek. He is a comedian. He's in town to perform tonight at the Rockwell Room. They're calling it Comedy at the Rock. Yeah. And uh, it's you and Brendan Henderson. Uh-huh. And uh, so thanks for coming and yeah. joining us today. Well, it's funny you brought up. I just thought this is my first time in Park City that this was just how, how I always looked. It's just snow because I've always seen it like that. Right. Yeah. Well, it always kind of sometimes looks less way. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> could people, be June. Could be 
August. They yeah. say people come for the winter but stay because it's because of summer. So we do have summer here. Yeah. It, okay. Yeah. It's getting better. Yeah. So um so you're a touring musician and no, uh, a comedian. Come- I'm, excuse me, sorry. <laughs> I have music on my brain no, all the time. Good. A touring comedian. And uh gosh, you've been on you've appeared on the with Jay Leno, on uh Stephen Colbert, yeah. uh James Corden, all the late night shows. Yeah. All yeah. of them? Well, so that's the thing. I do sh- like shows and people will be like, he's been on every one and I know the ones I haven't been on, but it's hard to be like, no, I haven't done Kimmel or whatever. <laughs> so I... Is that I, kind of stick in your craw? It, I haven't it, been on Kimmel yet. No, it doesn't because it's like anytime I get to do something, I feel so lucky, you know, because like there's movie stars on those shows and then they have a comedian on the end or musician stars or whatever. So I feel really lucky, but especially when I started out, you get kind of, I don't know, like I, that, I got to do... Uh, when I started out, I was talking to the guy, the book Letterman, who, for those of you who don't know, used to have a show on CBS. And, uh, <laughs> and, and the booker was really nice, but he was like, you're not ready, you're not ready, you're not ready. And then Jay Leno's manager, or like bookers or whatever, talked to like my manager, and they're like, we'll, we'll have him right now. So I did Leno in July of 2011 or whatever. Leno also used to have a show on NBC. And, and you would have uh, been really young then. Yeah, I mean, I was young. Yeah, I'm okay. I'm not young now. But <laughs> I mean, what's young, right? Well, just relative. when I read that, I thought, God, Leno went off a while ago. Yeah, so, so I, I think that was when, so Conan took over for him, and then he took back over for Conan, so I think he wanted like young people in to like try to grab Conan's people. And uh, that was my first ever late-night performance, and it was, uh, I was the comedian, and then the guests were, like, two of my, I, like, Steve Carell and Jane Lynch were the two of the guests. Amazing. Uh, yeah, and it was, like, to, I think the reason they had, because it was a comedy-type show, it was, like, the Steve Carell was p- pitching, the or, like, uh, promoting the first Minions movie, The Despicable Me, or whatever, it was, like, so crazy. And, and he was friends with Jane Lynch, so he stayed for the whole show, and, like, I got to meet both of them afterwards, and... Is there like a green room mixer or a hospitality no, lounge? No, they have or? their own rooms and yeah. like there's a green room, but they don't they don't go there. Other shows sometimes the people will go there, um, but uh, my brother said that Steve like he like I think it's the summer is when he was doing the office too, so he just like flew on on the private jet and then flew back right after the show. So like he lands, gets escorted in yeah. right on the stage, yeah. says his bit, right yeah. back out on a plane, and you're like in the hallway going, "Hey!" Yeah. He, well, he's <laughs> like, like we got to do the end of the show together, and he's hung out and said hi, and that was really cool. But there, there are some shows where people do like there was um, well, when I was in the Letterman green room, they used to tape two on Mondays, and the second one would be the comedian, and so I went to the first taping, like the three o'clock one, just to see what it was like. And in New York, everything's so much smaller because there's just not as much space. So I'm just mm-hmm. in this tiny green room and there's no place to sit. So I just sit on this cooler and I find out that the guest at the end of the, the show I'm watching is Jack Hanna. And those are like his like an, like his snakes <laughs> in this cooler I've just been sitting on. And it's otherwise just, it would have been nowhere to sit, yeah, but you're exactly, sitting on the snakes. Yeah. That's so, funny. so I'm like, oh, well, I'm glad that that stayed shut. And then, mm. <laughs> and then like um, Steven Tyler was on that show too. And... Uh, when certain celebrities come by, they just sort of like close the door so no one can stop them. But like Steven Tyler like made them open the door and he's like, I want to see those snakes. <laughs> so he met Jack Hanna and took a picture of the snakes. And... So they're like, um, excuse me, can you stand up for a second? Yeah, we so got to get something out of the cooler. I got out of the and way then you once... see all the snakes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> once they told me those, I was like, I'm going to stand up for this day. <laughs> That's awesome. So I was really lucky. I got to do uh, The Tonight Show and then the booker for Letterman, who was like, he's a friend. He was very nice, but he was like kind of disappointed because those are, at the time, they were competing shows and they didn't like you doing both but it kind of worked out for me because after i did leno i was like they were they wanted to have me back in like six months which was really nice and then but i was like i told the letterman booker i was like i'd love to do this show first and he's like oh yeah so they had me so i got to do both in a year which like i was told is very rare so i was like yeah, it was like amazing. and then i didn't do another one for a couple of years but like, so was that maybe why there aren't a lot of comedians that can have uh the accolades that or these show spots that or in your bio, there aren't a lot of people that can say they've done that many shows because they don't want to yeah, cross over. exactly. And it does help, I think, to stay you. with one. Yeah, because like if I had stuck with one, maybe they have you back more than once, like every year or whatever, but I did both. And so I think that sort of like, I got to do both, and I have both now. And I, I did the same thing with, like I got to do Ferguson when he was on. All my shows are not there anymore, except recently. <laughs> and I did Corden and Colbert this past year. So it was like, now I'm back in the CBS world. That Corden one was hilarious. Oh, thanks. So I was wondering what your girlfriend thinks about the, <laughs> the jokes along the way. You know what's funny about that set? There's, there's a, so there's, there's a joke in there I talk about going to my, uh, 
my girlfriend wanted to go to her ex-boyfriend's wedding. And I was like, no, I don't want to go. And she was like, but he was my first love. I'm like, oh, for some reason, I still don't want to go. <laughs> and it gets to the point in the joke where uh, I'm like, I don't know how, because like she broke up with him. I don't know what I'm supposed to say. You know, I'm like, congratulations. How did you get out? Like, I don't know what to say. <laughs> and uh, I forgot to do that part on the set. But it's funny because I remember very clearly when I came up with that joke. And I think that I thought of that part. But Sam, who I think is listening right now, was like, I no, I came up with that because that'd be really mean if you came up with that. I'm like, yeah, you you definitely came up with that part. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for writing that part of the joke. She has a good sense of humor yeah. to go she, along with it. She, uh, her, she, her family is very funny. She gets all of it. And uh, I think it helps as a comedian when you do your jokes when they're in front of a good crowd and they laugh mm-hmm. and then people realize it's not, you're not being mean. You're just sort of talking about your life. Yeah, and, yeah. So to that point, how is a taped studio audience, television audience, how are they for comedians? It all depends. I think it all depends on how the host treats them. Like Jay Leno went out before and like told them that there was going to be a stand comedian at the end and they should try to enjoy it as much as they can. And like James Corden did that too. He like, he was like, usually these guys are used to going up in, tr- in front of people who are drinking. So pretend mm-hmm. you're drunk because <laughs> they're taping it at five in the afternoon or whatever. Yeah. And, uh, and those sets were really good. And Letterman's crowd, they, they love Letterman. And same thing with Craig Ferguson. The only th- one that was kind of interesting was Conan because they were still figuring out the new set. And so I was kind of at an angle to the camera. And if you watch some of the early ones on there, the crowd is just sort of like, they're there and they're enjoying it, but they're not like, this is the time of our life. Right. They're not and I think it. it's important because the people at home are watching it through their eyes. And so if yeah. they're not into it as much, they're not really realizing what's going on. You're not as much. So Yeah, I think that would unnerve me watching yeah, it. If the audience in front of you isn't reacting, yeah. I'd be like, huh. Yeah. So whenever I do one, I just thing. try to watch a bunch of the tapes and just sort of see... Like on Corden, especially, they have like people sitting at like tables in front, like like it's a nightclub or whatever. And one, I watched some people do it, and they would look down at them, and it looked kind of weird because like the cameras are up here, so mm-hmm. I just want to look out. So it's, oh, it's that's a little smart. different. You did thing. your homework there. Yeah, 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 that yeah, is yeah. Cool. yeah. All right. So, um, well, what kind of shows do you normally do? Are you touring around the country, comedy clubs? Yeah. So I I do the comedy clubs. Like I started out in the Midwest. So I have all the like that's where my roots are, and I get back a lot to do those. But I live in L.A. now, so. I do the clubs there and then just sort of do like I did a, a fundraiser in August for like a, 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 a company, not a company, a, a fund that supports uh, kids who can't afford health care for mental illness. So that was like a good thing that I get. like as a comedian, you get to like be paid to go support things. So it's like really fun. And then I got to do I became a dad about a year ago. I have a 10-month-old at home. Congratulations. Yeah. Congrats. And it was kind of that fun. That changes things. It does, Definitely. Because you always want to work, but as a comedian, sometimes you have a month that's great, and then you have like it's like you're in sales kind of. And I once I found out I was going to be a dad, I, I got I reached out to a guy who did a bunch of cruises because I knew that they can book you for like two weeks at a time, and the money's really good. And but it just kind of looked kind of bad because my son was like three months old. I was like, well, I gotta go to Costa Rica for a week. <laughs> But it's not a vacation. No, it's not. It's I'm not. Working. I just it's sleep all the time you. and eat free food. <laughs> the cabin's really small, this is though. It's paying rent. Then you try to downplay it, like, yeah, but I got this tiny cabin. Yeah. It's going to be, ugh, oh, yeah. it's going to be hard. Oh. Costa Rica. Yeah. Oh. So I just kind of go wherever a lot of clubs, colleges, corporate stuff. Yeah. Are there any comedians that you're just like dying to work with? You know, it's kind of sad because I really wanted to work with Mitch Hedberg and he was, he's gone. He's one not of my favorite. Yeah. When yeah, I started, he favorites. was the guy that everyone sounded like because he was so prolific. Yeah. And then everybody else, I feel like I would love to work with Jerry Seinfeld because I, yeah. I look at his career and I watch his show and I just feel like he's worked really hard. And I feel like just being around him might inspire you to be better, like just to be a better comedian. It's like skiing with better skiers, mm-hmm. uh-huh. you yeah, know, and you totally. know you're going to pick it up. Yeah, yeah a little bit better. It's good yeah. to be the small fish in the pond every once in a while. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Grow a lot bigger. And like, I feel like Chris Rock is like that. Too. I mean, those guys are huge. They have their own openers, but it's like those guys who are very talented, but also have that work ethic. I feel like that's the thing that rubs off the most. And that's what makes you stay longer. And do you write all the time? Yeah. So I'm constantly just, I, I do free writing or if I'm working on a joke, I'll just like try to think of funny parts to add onto it and just try out new stuff all the time. So do you yeah. write with other people? As a stand-up, I, when I started, I like you were living in a city and you were doing open mics, so people, if they heard something and they're like, oh, you should do this, then you do it. But I always felt like, like I was a kid that in, when I was in fourth grade, our teacher 
had everyone bring in a refrigerator box. So you had like an office. <laughs> Where did everyone get a refrigerator box? I don't know. From? Everyone had them though. <laughs> and we thought it was so cool. But I think on her end, she was like, these kids will finally be quiet for a little bit. <laughs> you all had like your own little cubicle. Yeah, everyone yeah. had their own cubicle and you could decorate it. And like, when you when you got, came to work on stuff, all the kids would usually want to work together at the tables, but I would just be like in my little <laughs> refrigerator box because I just felt like that focus was what I worked best with. And I still like working with people. Like Sam is really good at talking out jokes with me, or like my brother is really good at that. And and uh, but there's definitely like it's a very unique experience to go on stage and just talk and make people laugh. And you know? do you find that sometimes you have to say it out loud uh-huh. before? you hear it and it kind of goes out and reverberates back and yeah. then you can tweak it or yeah definitely i remember when i was driving around open mics in chicago i would just write like 10 different endings to the joke and i'm just like it's an open mic so i'm going to do the joke and then say all of them until one of them works <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and then if it doesn't work that's fine if it does then i'll find something Did the audience feel beaten down or were they know. like were they receptive to i like, think i felt more beaten two, down than <laughs> they did it's funny usually with writing in general if I give myself a focus, it goes way better than if I'm just like, let's just see what happens because I make myself, the goal isn't to like, oh, let's kill, let's get a big laugh. It's like, let's try this thing and see if it works. And that mm-hmm. that attitude just seems to be lend itself to a more creative, positive experience than like, let's try to make them laugh the whole time, all the time. Well, it's interesting, the concept of open mics because Dana, um, Dana Williams, our musician today, he's doing an open mic, and our next guest is running the open mic yeah. um, called Musicians Showcase yeah. at DeJoria Center tonight. You sounded great. And, Thank um, you, man. And um, so I think there is there, if if an audience goes to an open mic, yeah. they've already set themselves up to be receptive mm-hmm. and um, encouraging, I suppose. Yeah. Um, so when you go try something out at an open mic yeah. and it flops... What what do they what do they give you back? Oh, nothing. Audience, yeah, audiences are great. <laughs> Sometimes really good audiences will laugh at the attempt, but like audiences are really good. One thing I've learned from doing stand up is how in tune people are to communication. Like just talking back and forth between us, I I feel like we miss a bunch of stuff. But when I'm on stage and I do a joke that I've done a bunch of times and it doesn't work, and then I do it in a different way and it does work, I'm like, oh, they sense everything. Like not even just how I say it, but how I am like in the moment with it or from like thinking about something else. Like they can tell, I can tell by how much they're laughing, by how much I'm invested in it. And it's amazing that we as humans can pick that up or it's not. It's just how the world is. (laughs) (laughs) But then also to that point, you have set material and Mm -hmm. you do it all the time. Yeah. And maybe you're tweaking it, but you've got to stay in it. Like you're saying, you've Mm got to be saying it like it's, Mm -hmm. you're as engaged in it as the first time. The first time I ever listened to Seinfeld, it was an album where he, like, he opens up with jokes about traveling. And I'm like, oh, he just got off the plane and started talking. And I think that's the kind of show I would like to do is people could watch and be like, oh, he's just telling the stories about his life that he happened to be thinking about, which I guess I just pulled back the curtain for everybody listening. <laughs> but, well, but, but it's, it's a performance. A so there's clearly yeah. should be performance yeah. um, skill. I think <laughs> it's an easy joke, which I've definitely fallen on before to be like, to call it out as like, oh, this is a joke or like this is a thing that I'm not, that I'm just messing around with or whatever. I think it's harder and better as an art form to just sort of be like, I'm talking and hopefully you're laughing. And if you're not, I'm going to keep talking because I'm contractually required to. <laughs> like, Because like, I'm the guy up here. Hopefully I turn this around. <laughs> <laughs> and do you have some like in your back pocket way of turning it around? Like this usually works. The best way I found to turn it around is like to go into the show with like an idea of what I want to do, like a set list and then just stick to it. And hopefully they come along for the ride. Um, I definitely have seen people sort of interact with the crowd or call it out. And I feel like in the short term that works, but in the long term, I want the jokes to work because that's what I, I've always wanted to do them for specials and TV and for mm-hmm. theaters to come out. And I think what makes the jokes work the most is if you give it all to that joke and let the audience sort of respond how they want and not sort of like call out the fact that the one before didn't work. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, exactly. I think it all depends. Like if you're hosting a late night show and you're doing new stuff every night, I think it's okay to be like, whoa, why did we say that? But I think when you're doing a set that you've worked on, you should just do it and hope, hope for the best. And sometimes they don't even notice. Like I know where people laugh usually, but they don't know. They're just listening. Right, and then you've moved on, and they've moved on with you. Yeah. They're probably not holding on to it. That's it's like f- at the end of the show when someone tries to tell you their favorite joke <laughs> or their least favorite joke. Yeah. They, oh, they can only remember one thing. Oh, yeah. It's all I could hold on to. 
there's some study about how people remember the joke that they weren't laughing at the most because when they're laughing, they're not they're not retaining anything. They're just like enjoying it. All right. Well, people can see you tonight. You're yeah. doing comedy at the Rock with yeah. Brendan Henderson. Brandon Henderson, yeah. <laughs> and, and that's at the Rockwell Room, uh, yeah. top of Maine, and uh, tickets at shows.oprockwell.com. Yeah. Thanks so much Thank for Rockwell. joining us. Yeah, and, um, Thank you. Whenever you're in town, please come back. I will. Thank All you. Right. Yeah. That time for weekend events. And tonight, let's see, nobody does fall festivities better than the Heber Valley. There's a daily kids' hay maze and pumpkin patch at the Cooler Creamery. The Heber Valley Railroad runs two scenic pumpkin trains with Halloween-themed crafts and costuming this afternoon and on the next uh, and next weekend. There's also a Wizards-themed train tonight. The Sleepy Hollow rides, the wagon rides, take place at Soldier Hollow, traversing the haunted forest where the headless horseman is supposed to dwell. The rides are available weekends now through Halloween. And for the brave at heart, there's a more frightful activity called Nightwalk Hollywood Horrors Haunted House in Heber. They offer three levels of excitement from the no-scare level called Dodge the Demons to the regular scare or the extra scary slasher pass for hands-on frights. Find more details on these and other fall activities at GoHeberValley.com under the calendar of events. And there's a free screening of Toy Story 4 at the Summit County Library in Kimball Junction at 3.30. It's a free screening with free popcorn, too. Stand-up comedy at The Rock we just talked about. It's tonight at 8 p.m. with headlining comedians Michael Palasek and Brandon, Brandon Henderson. Michael was named the 2018 Stand-Up of the Year for his appearance on The Late Late Show with James Corden. You just heard him on this show, and if you missed that interview, definitely listen to the uh, archive show on our website later today or get it on your podcast. And at the Egyptian Theater this weekend, blues harmonica legend Charlie Musselwhite is on stage with shows tonight and tomorrow night at 8 p.m. Sunday night at 6. Find tickets and information at parkcityshows.com. I want you to know I did try to get Charlie Musselwhite as a guest on this show today, but uh, I guess he doesn't do interviews the day of his show. And that makes sense. So anyway, uh, at the Eccles Center, Park City Institute presents Sirius XM's Coffee House Tour featuring internationally acclaimed singer-songwriter Joshua Radin and the iconic indie duo The Weepies. You can find tickets and information at parkcityinstitute.org. Park City Film is screening The Peanut Butter Falcon tonight and tomorrow night at the Jim Sandy Auditorium at 8, Sunday at 6. It's a modern Mark Twain-style adventure story of a young man with, with Down syndrome who runs away to follow his dream of attending a professional wrestling school. For live music tonight, options include High Octane at The Cabin, Michelle Moonshine Trio at Silver Star Cafe, Johnny Utah and DJ Jeske at The Spur, Teresa Eggerston-Cook at Prime Steakhouse and Piano Bar. It's karaoke night downstairs at Flanagan's on Main. John Sherrill is at the Hearth and Hill in New Park. And the Musicians Showcase open mic is at the State Road Tavern in Camas tonight. Join the Swanner on Saturday. We got You can join the Swanner Preserve and Eco Center's Saturday morning nature walks. This and every Saturday until November 30th from 8.30 to 10 a.m. to explore the Swanner Preserves wetlands with a guide. Sign up and get more details at swannerecocenter.org. National Ability Center is throwing an outdoor gear swap, or sale, excuse me, at their headquarters at 1000 Ability Way tomorrow from 9 to 2. It is that time to start uh, gearing up. Gearing up, getting fresh for the winter. And we have TED Talk speaker and dentist Marielle Parsot will be speaking about our teeth as an early warning sign for health issues at the Latino Health Fair at Park City Library at 11.30 a.m. The Latino Health Fair runs from 10 a.m. till 4 with free health services and information. Also at the Park City Library tomorrow, it's the annual Stuffed Animal Sleepover. Kids are invited to bring their favorite stuffed animals to the library, and they stay the night, and hidden cameras capture their overnight escapades. The kids get to look at the photos the next day. For music on the town tonight, Floater is at the cabin, Rage Against the Supremes is at the Spur, Melissa McDonald is at Hearth and Hill in New Park, and Pixie and the Party Grass Boys are at Silver Star Cafe. I hope that gives everyone a good choice of things to do today and tomorrow. Uh, we are back 
in the studio with our musical guest. Well, we never left the studio, but we're Dana's back on the microphone. <laughs> Dana Williams is our musical guest today on the Morning Mix, where we always present live local music and events in the Wasatch Back. Welcome back to the show, Dana. Thanks, Christy. So, uh, what else you got to tell us? What's um... that's it? It was it's great seeing the uh, stand-up comic because I, I think my twelve years of public service that was an option when I left office was stand-up I could comedy. Get up and do stand-up comedy. I had to do well. It you'd been Thursday pretty much improving for, <laughs> for <while>. twelve yeah. <laughs> years, <laughs> and uh, but I always have the the utmost respect because what an art that is, and um, it, it, it's it's amazing to get over yourself, get over those fears, and it's very similar to to playing music and. Uh, one of the showcases several months ago, um, a lot of there was a lot of uh, Western and cowboy music at this. A lot of Eastern County musicians come out and play, which is awesome. So I did a Jefferson Airplane song, and the audience started singing it. And the juxtaposition of these cowboys singing Grace Slick just seemed so odd. And I kept going, why would these guys know? And, and I said when I finished the song, how many of you are Vietnam vets? And like seven of the guys raised their hand. Was this the song you heard on Armed Forces Radio when you were in the war? And that's how they knew the song. And so you, you never know what, what you're going to get. And it's super fun. Well, that surprises me that you were surprised, though, too, because that music's been out for 50 years. People have heard it. Or sure. were you playing something super kind of like a deep cut? Well, I, I made it kind of, uh, I mean, it was certainly more folky than, than Jefferson Airplane because it, uh, it was, you know, uh, just with an acoustic guitar. But... Um, you know, I, I kind of notice as, as I play, I, I for a long time, you play with other people, you get so used to feeding off of everybody else that you're playing with. And a lot of times you can just kind of sit back, do your parts, and, and let, it, let every the other people stand up. And you made a point earlier about being around people that are better, and I, I've always tried to be around musicians that, that, in my opinion, were better than me because I because it forced me to learn new things. But... So doing that transition to going out and playing by yourself and and with the Boneyard, I had four gigs this summer and three of them got rained out. And it was kind of like, God, whenever we need rain, we'll call you because... Remember, it, it used to be that way for um, par- Park West concerts. Correct. There was a summer that like, it was like a monsoon and you'd look up at the sky and go, oh, is there a concert at Park West tonight? There's clouds coming in. Yeah. And the World Cup is always the coldest night of the year oh, up at Deer Valley. Hmm. <laughs> There's themes to this. There's anyway. themes to this weather. <laughs> so um, anyway, if, if people, uh, the, the event tonight's from 6 to 9, if, if people want to come out. And uh, um, and then it, it's been interesting because I've had some other, uh, my son brought somebody over um, about a, a few weeks ago, a young guy who sat down and started playing guitar. And it was like, this is just wrong that you're this young and this good. And I didn't think I'd be able to play with, with him and keep up with him. And we started kind of jamming in and we had so much fun and it was the first time I'd ever met him we played for a couple hours and um that's why you play uh, you know for those kind of moments and and so um yeah it's something I'll keep doing all right well with that what's let's hear another song okay um I think this one I think I'll do uh, an original song so uh from about 1978 to 86 or so uh, we owned a little bar on Main Street called Ryan's and um, it was an e- interesting time in town you know we were not a we were not a mega resort at that time we were a pretty small town very blue collar very working class people around and all these kids in their 20s you know had had the bar and in those days there was about 400 young people that lived on the second floors of all the buildings on Main Street and so um, you know and you'd have one night off a week from the bar so you'd go to everybody else's bar that night and and um it was just a really special time in life so i I, this song's kind of dedicated to all those folks from then place in the old part of town third street lamp on the right it's just a place we used to settle down and while away the snowy nights we talked of life and we we dreamed of love we 
I knew we'd all go so far Never thought we'd ever grow old children here In Ryan's Bar Here in Ryan's Bar Sign said we're just this lonely trout in your stream of consciousness. Pour me an old style, I'll have a style to wash away this loneliness. We talked of life and we we dreamed of love. We knew we'd all go so far. Never thought we'd ever. still talk, Lisa and me, the first time I saw her face, was just to hang out with something that's kind of cool, left us all some style and grace, talked of life and we, we dreamed of love, we knew we'd all go so far, never thought we'd ever G'day mates, it's Brendan from the Teske Brothers, all the way from Australia. You're listening to KPCW in Park City, where every Friday is Fresh Track Friday. Listen like a local, dig new music, and stay in tune to live music events in your area. We'll see you next time we come through, or next time you come to the London Under. <laughs> Teske Brothers actually um, just got nominated for like nine music awards in Australia, where they're from, that are like the equivalent of our Grammys. Oh, wow. So that was cool that he recorded that um, that uh, station ID for us. Our next guest in the studio is Walt Evans. He runs the Musicians Showcase at the DeJoria Center at the State Road Tavern. They're doing that uh, Musicians Showcase tonight and once a month. Welcome, Walt. Well, welcome and welcome to you and thanks for having me. It's uh, really a pleasure to come in and uh, visit with you folks at KPCW. We appreciate what you do for the community. Oh, thank you. Tell us about the Musician Showcase and how long it's been going on and how you operate it. The Musician Showcase um, is probably four years old, and my partner Tracy Madsen and I launched the showcase about four years ago. And at first we called it an open mic because we wanted to attract any musician kind of on the east side of Summit County that wanted to come out and perform. And from there, Christy, it's evolved into, into more of a showcase and an invitational uh, environment because we have so many talented musicians. We want to give each of them an opportunity to to play uh, and and kind of showcase and rehearse their environments. So uh, now at the Dejoria, we've been there for two years, and uh, they're just a great host for us. <laughs> how many people come get up in a night? How much, how much well, time do you have? Christy, we call it, uh, I call it personally the AARP hour because a lot of us are older. And so we start at 6 o'clock and we do 20-minute sets and we try to finish by 9 o'clock. And that's a good thing for AARP people because we can go home then and watch 10 o'clock news. <laughs> but typically there are eight sets, 20-minute sets, and uh, the variety of music is just phenomenal. There are quite a few singer-songwriters who do original numbers and some very talented songwriters in the Valley. And then there are a lot like myself who just do covers and really enjoy whatever genre of music uh, it is. But it's a very diverse uh, group. And my friend Dana Williams has been playing with us for the last 
three or four showcases, and uh, it's just a, a great opportunity to bring friends and talented musicians together from throughout the valley. And what's kind of the scene when you get there? Is everybody sitting throughout the whole show? Do people get up and dance? Good question, Ryan. What we what we have is a, a just a spectacular dining room called the State Road Tavern. The dining room hosts in the summer probably 140 guests because it has a beautiful outdoor balcony. Uh, in the wintertime, it's probably 65 to 85 guests. And at the showcase events, we've been hosting 65 to 85 guests at, at each of our showcases. Wow. The food is phenomenal. The hospitality is nice. It is a 21 and over uh, environment, so kids aren't invi- invited, but uh, it's, uh, it's a really nice. And the, the thing about the Dejoria, too, we have, fortunately, folks that enjoy listening. So it's not a loud, rowdy bar. It's a very respectful bar and tavern for the musicians to perform. Yeah, focused on <clears throat> the music. Yeah, it's really it's really sweet that way. Yeah. And I you know, I have to compliment the staff at the Dejoria. They've welcomed us and uh, uh, they take good care of our clientele when we're there and we try to bring them good business. So it's it's a win-win. And do people have to order food or is I'm not sure what their licensing is. Is it a tavern that I could just get a drink? You or? know, that's a good question, Christy. Okay. I assume that you can just go in and have a drink. Okay. Uh, I don't think it's They do call it a uh, the tavern, they call State, it the Road State Road Tavern. Road tavern. So, yeah, yeah, I'm going to assume that's a bar license. And that's okay. that's upstairs in the beautiful mm-hmm. in the beautiful convention conference center there at uh, Dejoria Center. And uh, so, people who want to play now that the stakes are higher, right? So you're not you're not out there looking for them. They're looking for you. So they have to um, email you and, well, what and, and I ask like, for a spot. I, what I what I prefer is a text or an email, and my email is evans.walt at gmail.com. Uh, or they can text me at my cell number, which is 435-640-8502. And now, that's listed on the website with the, on the page for the yes, it's on, showcase. And the so if Dejoria, people didn't write that down right now, they exactly can Exactly right. DejoriaCenter.com. Go to events, and you'll find a musician showcase. And I might add that we changed it recently from singer-songwriter showcase to musician showcase because we wanted all musicians. And one of my goals, and I think uh, Dana would agree with this, is is to really nurture and recruit some of the wonderful women talent that we have. And so tonight, I think we've got three or four women who will be performing out of the nine performances. So pretty cool. Right. So I could play, uh, let's say I play a mean tambourine. Cajon. And I want to, uh, maybe I play a mean <coughs> cajon. And go. I want to come play, but I don't have a song. So I can come, you know, maybe, that's, and, and join in. That's really fun because part of the goal is to help musicians find relationships and networking. And we have the stage set so that typically a comfortable performance will include three musicians, solo, duets, or trios. Uh, but at the end, sometimes we'll have eight or nine musicians up doing a jam, and it's just a, just a ton of fun. But the networking part is really cool because then you can uh, meet people and uh, learn your own songs and, and uh, spread your wings a little bit. There's a couple people that come each time that uh, they don't do the feature 20-minute thing. They just kind of sit in. So you're talking to them and go, oh, do you mind getting up and playing harmonica with me on this song or, or whatever? And they're there just for that. And um, it, it's really, it's very, it's very mellow evening. It's really fun. And, and yet, even as someone who would be watching, I would find it very interactive and very um, uh, improvised improvisational right because you don't know what's going to happen yeah Correct. so that's kind of that's fun yeah yeah really div- diverse and one of the things that we're fortunate about is that uh, Tracy Madsen my partner with the uh, showcase she is a phenomenal musician studied music at BYU her vocals are great she plays violin or fiddle she plays mandolin keyboard guitar uh, I'm trying to get her to start playing the accordion but she'll sit up and stand up uh, with anyone that wants support. And so it's kind of a nurturing deal, and it's wonderful. That sounds great, yeah. It sounds like a diverse uh, musician right there. Yeah, Tracy's amazing. She's, She's amazing. And what do you find that the people that are coming in, let's say from the east side of the county that want to play, <coughs> like what is, are they just a, um, a, not a closet musician, you know, like that they've just but been playing around the true. home or, or have true. they they've, had backgrounds and We have bands a, before? a couple that comes over <clears throat> every month from Tabiona and they're ranchers and farmers and, 
and they come, they practice their music for a month, then they come showcase it, and it just raises the bar. They're getting better every week, and and we've watched musicians uh, who started three or four years ago just evolve, and now they're performing locally in some of the clubs here in, in Park City. Oh, you're like so, a feeder program. Yeah, it's really, really cool. <laughs> My goals with the music, and I think probably Dana's and the others uh, have similar goals. Number one, it's got to be fun. So we keep it as, as friendly and informal as possible. Number two, we all want to be learning. So, for instance, tonight, Dana's going to help me with the mixing board and the sound system because I'm not good at that, and he's got a lot of experience. So I'll be learning, and that's my second goal. And the third is, as a musician, I want to be able to contribute and enhance whatever's going on with the other musicians. And the key with that, took me a long time to figure this out, It's the key is just to listen. You know, if you listen, then you can contribute. <laughs> Remember several months ago, there was a woman that came in that she runs the Olive Store here on, on Main Street. And, you know, people kind of talk while you're playing and stuff. It's, you know, it's, it's a bar. And um, she started singing and the place went dead quiet. And she had the most angelic, beautiful voice. And she does not play publicly. And it was like, you need to be singing. And, uh, and so those, those are the things that, that's the reason why you go. Because you get to see every now and then there's those nuggets. Well, Dan is playing tonight at the Musician Showcase at the State Road Tavern. And uh, you're also our musical guest right now. We have time for one more song. Well, maybe we should to... have uh, Walt came all the way this way, so maybe we should have you do a song, and I'll I'll back you up. That would be fantastic. Dan and I have not played together, so it could be a dumpster fire, or it might be a masterpiece. You just don't <laughs> but know. But they're going to hear it live on the they're morning mix. It. So <laughs> this is what this show's all this about. This is where Merle Haggard meets Jerry Garcia. It's right. perfect. Are you playing Mer a Merle Haggard tune? This is a Merle Haggard tune, and. Uh, uh, I hope everyone got to see that recent PBS special on the history I of I need to catch uh, up Western on that. music and oh, just phenomenal. People are talking <coughs> about it. And the mm -hmm. takeaway for me as a musician and probably for Dana too is the theme is three chords and the truth. And Merle Haggard does that better than anybody, doesn't he? That's beautiful. Absolutely. I like that. So I'll carry that with me. Dana, maybe you could play a little harmonica for me. Okay, great. Thanks. <laughs> Somewhere in the middle of Montana 
Give me all I've got coming to me. You can keep your retirement and your so-called social security. Big city, turn me loose, set me free. Hey, big city, turn me loose, set me free. We want to thank our sponsors for this show, Squatters Roadhouse Grill and Wasatch Brew Pub, San Francisco Design, and Berkshire Hathaway Home Services, Utah Properties. I'm Christy Dillaway, and I've been uh, joined by my co-host this week, Ryan Williams. Thanks, Ryan, for running the board and great show. I always love running the board. Thanks, Christy. <laughs> You're doing a great job back there, and I know it's difficult. There's like, you got fingers on everything, and then I'm hitting at you like to cue something. You're doing a great job. Hey, I'm happy to be here. And... Um, Boy, we got some good in-studio rave reviews for that music, Dana and Walt. Thank you so much. Thanks for having us. We have just a few minutes left. Do you want to um, play us out with another tune? You bet. Well, All I right. hope you uh, folks can join us tonight at the Musician Showcase. Dejoria starts at six o'clock. Dana goes on at uh, Dana goes on at seven forty. So don't miss his show. Mm-hmm. 